Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. In the next 60 minutes here on Newsnight, investors in Cocoa Bills to get their monies by close of week after Friday's shock default as BOG directs Ghana Cocoa Board to pay up with the institution suffering cash flow challenges. I don't have a date for you, but uh, I can assure you that these individual investors will be paid and hopefully, hopefully that happens this week. Plus, what is really happening with Treasury bill subscriptions as government Treasury bill sale falls short of its target? 20% as uncertainty with the debt action program continues. Membership base for individual bondholders forum inches towards 400,000 as government technical committee continue discussions on fate of the bonds. We have the very latest for you as the individual uh, bondholders push for exemption, with their numbers growing exponentially. Also tonight, minority in parliament calls for the immediate suspension of the go for oil deal, citing transparency issues as they serve notice. They will use every parliamentary process available to get to the bottom of the deal. We are calling on government to halt this so-called gold for oil butter and consult further. Already, the Chamber of Mines has complained Indeed, if you look at the structure, today government owes Goyle over 300 million cities. We have details as they want the Bank of Ghana not to burn through Ghana's gold reserve to sponsor the gold for oil butter deal. Which gold did they use as butter for this oil? It is important. And let me caution the Bank of Ghana that any attempt to deplete our gold reserves for this so-called oil butter deal would be resisted by the minority. Also tonight, we are suffering words of the president of the Conference of Heads of Assisted Secondary Schools to describe the food shortage in some second cycle institutions in the country. It means that they will eat cocoa in the morning, cocoa in the afternoon, cocoa in the day without sugar and bread. And the quantity, gosh, it's not the best. We hear the frustration of parents. For us as PA, when we do any contribution, we buy the foodstuffs and deliver it to the school. Mm. That's what we are able to do for now. But I believe if it's made, if it's approved, and we are to even pay 500 cities or 600 cities, all put together just for feeding of our mm. I think that would be, be fine. Hmm. But why is the education ministry denying there is food shortage when even the conference of heads of a sister secondary school say... They are suffering. Stay with us for details in business. Ghana City continues to stabilize firmly against the dollar as Bank of Ghana's support for the market picks up strongly.
Cambridge Premier League side Everton. 50 minutes, we will tell you why. Uh, apologies there. Uh, we'll hear uh, in uh, in sports. And in sports, after less than a year, Frank Lampard has been sacked as head coach of Everton Football Club. In 50 minutes, we'll tell you why. You want to stay with us for sports and business or later, plus your views and comments all here on News 9055111997. My name is Evan Smith, and let's start with that uh, big developing story surrounding the Cocoa bills that have sent shock waves across the uh, investment community and the financial sector at large. Investors should get their monies by the close of the week. That's the assurance on the Bank of Ghana after unilaterally directing banks to roll over returns in the 182-day Cocoa bills last Thursday. Uh, that was a shock default that many did not anticipate. Individuals who bought those uh, bills had their monies credited into the accounts and a day later, the monies were withdrawn without their permission. Expectant customers who purchased a bill went to retrieve the investment last Friday, uh, only to be informed that there is uh, there has been a unilaterally been rolled over a bill because of a BOG directive. Listen to one of the customers who spoke to uh, me earlier on Friday. When it matured, the funds were deposited in the account, and um, I decided to go to the bank today. And when I went there today, the money had been taken out of the account, and. Um, when I, I asked, uh, the, the, the tellers were not able to tell me anything. They just said that uh, it was a directive that um, has come for all the funds to be automatically rolled over. And I was asking that, oh, if money has come into an account, I have a contract with the account that money, money should be deposited in the account. I don't have any contract with the bank that money will be taken out of the account without my permission. And that has happened. Why should it happen? And they say that is a directive, and there's little they can tell me um, than to say that there was a directive that all the money should be rolled over. Well, the Bank of Ghana has been explaining uh, what economists have described as a blunder considering the existing apprehension in the financial sector. Because of the current deduction program, the central bank says it expects that the uh, short-term cash flow challenges facing Cocoa Ball, which in itself is one a big issue, will be resolved soon to enable the Cocoa regulator meet its obligations to investors. Listen to Stephen Opata, who is a director of financial markets at the central bank. Solar auction was severely undersubscribed by 855.42 million. And you also write uh, in previous times um, uh, there were some undersubscriptions and government had to come in to, to, to fill the gap. But, um, you know, Bank of Ghana, as you know, is a central bank. And typically, when you fill in a gap, then it means that you are financing the gap and, and that can also have implications for monetary policy management so management look at the situation and this time around uh he said that it has to be done differently in other words uh the, the shortfall uh, has to be financed not from bank of ghana so that's what i want to raise and and we had a meeting with the banks uh, and Cocoa Board to look at a way of addressing this significant shortfall. So at that meeting, it was agreed that for the institutional investors, uh, they roll over uh, the, their investment so that at least the shortfall uh, 
will be uh, minimized. And for the, those individuals who bought the bill, uh, we also agreed that Cocoa Board will look for uh, financing from uh, from deposits that it has with some of the banks to mm -hmm. So that's what happened. Okay, so I, the interest for many of these investors is the actual timelines that has been communicated uh, from the BOG to the COCO board as to when exactly these returns will be paid because most of them have made plans for this particular returns only to be told that it's been rolled over unilaterally by the BOG. So in terms of timelines um, for the individuals who invested in this um, instrument, this COCO bill, uh, currently... Uh, we are working with the CSD, looking at the data and seeing the quantum of individuals who were affected by this. I think that exercise is going on right now. Once we ascertain that, uh, we are working with Cocoa Board to uh, look at these balances with the various banks and see how we can quickly uh, pay these individuals. Well, so that that is going on ongoing right are we are we sure if we are going to get it by close of week by close of day when exactly can i get my funds i don't have a date date, date for you but uh, i can assure you that this individual investors will be paid and hopefully hopefully that happens this week well point three of your statement points to an unfortunate development you say you've noticed that financial institutions are selling to retail clients which is not supposed to be the case how is it that as regulators your banking supervision did not flag this and issue regulatory directive and wait until we go here when this bill when these bills will be uh, are being issued we send out uh, a notice to banks and, and banks are invited to bid for the subscription of the cocoa bills. Actually, this happens on a, on a particular day. So for example, the one we're talking about, it happened on um, Thursday and this must be electronically submitted through an auction mode, mode or not later than 1 p.m. on that day. And then settlements takes place the same day. Now the notice spells out clearly that banks are eligible to participate, uh, but it, it appears that some banks were aggregating, that is they were pulling resources together from their clients and, and bringing it to the auction. So so uh, it looks like it was a gray area and, and now that we've seen this, uh, we'll take steps to make sure that uh, this is uh, clarified and cleaned up. So uh, if you look at the notice, so it was clear that uh, banks are eligible to participate. Uh, it did not say that individuals are, but uh, we've seen with this one and uh, and individuals were affected, and uh, that's quite unfortunate that happened. And as I've assured you, uh, we will. Uh, do all in our powers, working with Cocoa Board to make sure that they are settled. Hopefully this week, and and clarify the narrative so that in subsequent uh, issuances. Uh, individuals uh, do not uh, well the issues about legal rights also have come up do we have such rights as the BOG to actually roll over returns legal returns from accounts without explicit consent from account holders I'm not a lawyer I don't want to get into legal rights here uh, what I can say is that um, uh, I mean they were, they, the issue is being looked at to make sure that the individual account holders um, get their 
cash flows that's due to them because of this investment. And that, that will happen hopefully very soon. Considering the times that we're in, have we considered the potential threat this poses to the entire financial sector and the economy at large? We are fully aware and, and, and have been involved in this domestic debt uh, restructuring and exchange that the, the, the debt manager is undertaking right now. So we are fully aware of the situation, uh, but we're also mindful uh, that as a, a monetary policy maker, that our actions also doesn't fuel unintended consequences such as inflation. So, so the uh, uh, the Bank of Ghana is also pursuing its role as a central bank to make sure that uh, the processes are working well. And uh, it's it's not intended to to create any shocks to the system, but to make sure that uh, when on 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 failing options are appropriately corrected. So that's uh, uh, Mr. Stephen Opata uh, with the Bank of Ghana. And he touches on the question of how come uh, cocoa bills that was only meant for banks also got into the hands of individual investors. How the banks found what he calls a gray area and still went ahead and, and got individual uh, customers uh, to buy uh, these bonds when they were not supposed to do so. Uh, well, he explains that it is a gray area and they've learned from that and they are going to uh, enforce uh, this going forward. However, we have uh, tracked back to last year when the cocoa bills was, was issued. And on that uh, particular Bank of Ghana announcement of the, of the auction of the cocoa bill, we find that it was explicitly stated by the Bank of Ghana that the, this was only for banks. In fact, let me read to you what it says on this, on this auction notice. It says, note, banks are reminded that the 273-day BOG bill uh, as is an instrument for uh, the interbank, is, is only is an instrument for interbank. It is available uh, to only banks and therefore banks should not submit bids for their customers. Customers' bids should be directed to treasury bills uh, and bonds. Um, and as he says, the, Mr. Pata says that this is something they're going to look into. Uh, let's uh, interrogate this a bit more. Let's bring in the uh, economist, Dr. Uh, Richmond Kwame Frimpon. Uh, Doc, thanks for your time here on, on News Night. I mean, so we hear from the Bank of Ghana right now. Uh, they call this a gray area and something that they believe will, should, should, will not happen again. Uh, what's your take on that? Thank you, Evans. Um, I think it's becoming challenging um, looking at the feedback we are taking now. And it's basically sparking um, a gap of maybe a regulatory kind of lapse, so to speak. And particularly for these times, it becomes a bit worried. Now, that means that the instruction to get the banks to now roll over unilaterally went through because in the eyes of the Bank of Ghana, they were just dealing with the banks. So when it sparked back a certain kind of feedback, and those feedback was coming from the retail market, then the central bank needed to now go back to check maybe the size, the scope, the numbers, and then decided to say, look, Let's deal with the individual separately. Let's ring fence them. And then you, the banks, can take the ones that belong to you. Now, what it means is that, but for that, the old instruction 
of unilateral rollover would have stood. And so it's quite worrying. Now, cocoa bills are not bonds. And this is not the first time individuals have been exposed to buying cocoa bills. In fact, there are even instances where brokerage houses um, through CSD accounts buy for individuals. You mean this and is not so, the first time this has happened? No, no, no. But when you listen to Sivino Patel of the BOG, he suggests this is the first time the BOG is coming to terms with the reality, which obviously says it already existed, that individuals were actually buying cocoa bills. So from what is being explained, you see that in the last auction, I think there was clarity to say this one is specifically for institutional. And so I think it was a bit surprising to them to see that despite that explicit infraction, still some individuals still were able to buy. Now that simply meant that some of the banks bought as institutional, but then bought on behalf of their clients. And so they solicited bids individually and then purchased maybe together and block for them. Or they just took the bids through their CSD accounts and made purchases for them. Whichever way, it's still a challenge in terms of regulatory supervision. And I think it's, it's really need to be looked at as they said. What should happen to these banks? I mean, Mr. Pata says, well, we're going to look into it. It's a gray area. Um, now we've learned our lesson going forward. But if it was explicit and the banks knew, then somebody possibly was being very deliberate in circumventing the rules. Should we see sanctions? Well, let's look at the scope. We really need to check the scope. So if every bank that participated in this almost brought in retail investors, then we should really double check if indeed it went out as explicit as it has been explained. But if it is found that a few of these banks were corporates to now opening up for individuals to come in, then that exception rule may apply. Because if it so happens that all the banks that participated um, did not comply, then maybe there's something else the banks will need to stick to. But if it's just a few, then I agree, maybe there could be sanctions. I'm grateful, Dr. Richmond Kwame Frimpong, who is an economist, uh, joining us on, on this really uh, mind-boggling uh, development with the cocoa bills. And I'll tell you why uh, the impact of that possibly is now being felt uh, with the issuance of uh, treasury bills and that has been undersubscribed. Uh, barely a week after that uh, first subscription was oversubscribed, maybe feeling an impact of the uh, current lack of confidence in the, in the investment markets generally. But I have some... Uh, developing uh, news uh, for you uh, tonight and I want to uh, get to that because it's uh, we are learning uh, some uh, fresh details uh, as far as the government debt exchange program is concerned and some agreement that may have just been reached uh, uh, with with some financial institutions. George Raffi is joining me with details. So of this. You know, we've, been, know? we've been following up on this uh, engagement that is going on but what we can report now based on we tracking what has happened is that some significant progress has been made between the banks and government with respect to these banks participating fully in the domestic debt exchange program. Also, we understand that government has agreed to pay about uh, 5% on coupons that will mature this year. 5% on 5% that will mature this year. Instead also, of zero. Instead of zero. So going forward as well, there will be some reviews to the other 
paper starts supposed to be maturing in the following years as well. What we're also picking up from this engagement that is going on is that, well, even though in principle this significant progress has been made, banks association also say that this would be dependent on these individual banks taking this agreement to their shareholders and their board of directors to give that final approval. It looks like these banks are also kind of satisfied with the framework that have been put together in terms of them getting access to this stabilization fund that they can fall on to help stabilize the institution. So if you could use your words carefully, they've made some 80% or 90% progress in terms of they are pending their signature to this deal between the government of Ghana and these banks in participating in their domestic exchange program. And even if you look at the backstory, I can say that one of the major reasons why this program was extended was because the banks were not willing to participate. Yeah, because they hold the bulk, the lion's share of the, of the bulk. So if this, this progress that we are picking up, that they have reached pending to signing those final deal, it appears that the economists will say all other things being equal, we could have these banks coming on board if indeed they can go with the wedding or the agreement by government of Ghana on this domestic debt exchange program. Let's let's break this down. So as far as um, the agreement is concerned, what are the specific details? Bullet them for us. So what we are picking up, Evans, is that in terms of clearly, in terms of the coupons for 2023, government is proposing 5% to be paid on these uh, uh, bonds mm -hmm. for 2023. We also understand that going forward, there'll be the new bonds that might be issued. We'll be looking at an interest, a coupon rate of about 9% as well. And this is what we're also picking up yeah, as but, well. Yeah, but they're just saying that that's not a change because previously it was, it was it was an average of you know, 9%, 10% going yeah, forward. Yeah. So, that, that so, so again, even as I told you that this is about 90% and these are from what we are picking up from mm. reliable sources, about 90% close to pending their signature to this deal. Also, it looks like the banks are now satisfied in terms of the framework and the terms for them to get access to this Ghana stabilization they've of been financial. Asking for that yeah, yeah, and now, now they, they, have, the they have that clarity as well. Yeah. And also for that, the fact that they've also, and I understand that even for the, 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 the what do you call it, the, the Ghana Association of, uh, what do you call it, the, these, uh, the Bar Association as well, there was a clause in the original what do you call it, agreement that was put forward that allowed government to amend the clause in terms of the domestic debt exchange program. Yeah, in the future. Yeah, now that has been taken out. Okay. So, so if a deal one, is reached today... You can't touch it going forward. You can't touch or vary it going forward. And it looks like that has given, again, some comfort in terms of these commercial banks. But again, one critical thing is that even though we have these number of commercial banks, they have to take these agreements Back to, the to their individual banks, their boards of directors and shareholders before they could say that they have reached a deal. One big question. Um, did this agreement... So this agreement is it only between banks and the government? <laughs> or because, you know, insurance has there, the securities, individual bondholders? <laughs> what is it? It looks like from what we are picking up right now, Evans, Maybe it has to do with the banks. Only and that the is banks. what we can say based banks. on what so we're talking about. So this 5%, yeah. is it only to institutional investors or or to individual? Because uh, individual bondholders uh, are clearly uh, one of yeah. the exemptions. Uh, again, again, what I got the understanding previously was that 
that is also going to go to individual holders. Okay. But again, from what we have right now, it appears that it is going to the uh, commercial banks. But I also understand that they are working, government is working to exempt um, pensioners and those who are over 65 from, from years the individuals from who, holding who might be exempted from this. Okay. And it, it appears that looking at the way things are going, individuals, also government, will again propose this 5% to these individual borders, but holders. As the government will propose a 5% interest to be paid for the to individual bondholders. As, well. as we know, we yeah. uh, individual bondholders are negotiating. Are still negotiating with, but with you see, it, it takes two to tango. And yeah. even though they have made significant progress, just just issue a caveat that it is not over until it's over. So let quickly, are we expecting a, a statement on this? On the maybe details? we should expect some announcement, okay. you know, from these actors okay. with respect okay. to this progress that they've made on this uh, domestic debt exchange program. George, thank you very much uh, for that uh, breaking news story as far as the debt exchange program is concerned. I want to bring in uh, Martin Kwebu. Martin Kwebu is a convener uh, with the Individual Bondholders Association of Ghana. You remember they've come together with the Individual Bondholders Forum and they, he's part of the team uh, that has been uh, sitting down with the Finance Ministry's own technical team to to trash out uh, how they can be exempted, how the individual bondholders can be exempted. Uh, Mr. Kwebu, thank you for your time here on Newsnight. Yeah, good, good evening, Evans. So, I mean, these details that uh, we are learning from uh, that agreement that has now been struck uh, between the government and the banks, and George was suggesting there uh, that this 5% may be something that may be proposed to, to the individual bondholders as well. Uh, what do you make of this? You sat in the room with the finance ministry's uh, technical team. Do you have any agreement at all? Not at all, uh, Evans. Not in the direction uh, Mr. Weasi is coming from. So let's be clear, Evans. So number one, since government has made huge, uh, let's say significant progress with the bank, then that's good news because then that means that it reinforces our argument that individual bondholders should be exempt. So the more progress government makes with the banks, then the likelier it is that we'll walk away 100% exempt. And that will be good for the economy because households are usually the long-term providers of funds for government uh, development. You know, by buying these instruments over and over, we provide funds. So government has to be careful not to kill the goods that lays the golden egg, right? Is that how you put it? Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's good that government is making progress. Now, come back to individual bondholders. Let's be very clear. Evans, this 5% Mr. Riafi has mentioned, it's not on the table. We are not aware of any such 5%. The thing is that the finance minister set up the technical committee to go look at ways of one, help uh, showing government how to cut down expenditure. Because, you know, we had been trumpeting that argument. Oh, cut, uh, capital expenditure. There's 27 billion earmarks for capital expenditure. Cut it. Then later we added recurrent expenditure. So by the time we were going to the meeting, that argument had been well made and resonated amongst the populace. Everybody agreed. So the finance minister said, okay, go into the committee and provide more specifics and also show where else you think government can raise revenue. So raise revenue, cut expenditure. These are the main things. But as I said, cutting expenditure was the main aim. The main 
uh, reason for the committee. So as I speak to you now, nobody is approached us with 5% or any other percentage. And actually, the committee doesn't have any mandate to negotiate percentages. No. But as far as we are concerned, going into that committee, it wasn't to go and negotiate any percentages. And nobody has come to us with any percentages. Evan, that one, I can tell you, nobody has come to us with any percentages. So if any, you hear any percentages, of course, maybe it's a card government is holding to its chest. But uh, I really don't see how that will come into play in the committee. I mean, those, I mean the doors are shut. When, when not the remedy. When is the next technical committee meeting between individual bondholders and the finance ministry? Well, it could be tomorrow. What we've done is that, uh, having sat down and done the uh, areas we think there should be adjustment on all that, we decided that, okay, the rest of the work could be by emails in the interim. So look at the work we did, read over, reflect, add, subtract, and then send it across to each other, and then we'll de- determine when next to meet. So we don't need a fiscal meeting, though we haven't done a fiscal meeting today, but we are working because we are still perfecting the document. And as, as I can mention, we there's no space for percentages there in terms of this year, take 5% or 10%. No. When when are we hoping for some um, some closure to this before the expiration of that deadline come to the first? This week. This week. I don't see it going beyond Friday unless the unexpected happens. But in the ordinary course of things, we should be done uh, latest Friday. In the interim... For individual bondholders who are listening to you right now, what do you tell them? Hold the line. Hold the line. And that is that 100% exempt. That's the message. We are asking for an exemption, 100%. Exemption, exemption, exemption. That's it. And you remember the last time there were some individual bondholders who suggested banks were calling them um, almost to lure them into signing documents, what should they do if they are called again this time before the expiration of the deadline? Please don't sign any forms. Don't append your signature to any document that seeks to add you to the debt exchange. Please don't sign. And we are making that very clear to members. Please don't sign. And for those who have signed, uh, understand government has now opened the window that you can come come in there or go in there and take back your office because you are making the offer. Government has not yet accepted them. And so I understand there's been provision for individual bondholders to go back and retrieve their office. That's for those who have signed up. You can go retrieve your uh, uh, forms and that'll be great. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, that's uh, Martin Kwebu. Martin Kwebu is a convener. Uh, with the Individual Bondholders Forum and still on this issue and its ramifications, especially on the back of the uh, of the cocoa bills default, government treasury bill sale fell short of its target by 20% as uncertainty over the debt action program uh, continues. According to the auction results, government mobilized uh, 1.9 billion CDs against a target of 2.4 billion CDs. There's more in this report. The undersubscription of the treasury bills is in sharp contrast to the 52% oversubscription recorded the previous week. The 91-day treasure bill was the highly patronized by the investors as 1.58 billion cities was secured from the sale of the short-term instruments. Despite the maturity period, 
being shorter than the 182-day and 364-day treasury bills, the interest rate of the free financial instruments were virtually unchanged at 35%. The rate on the 182-day and 364-day, however, fell marginally, whilst the one-year bill went up slightly. Finance Minister Ken Oforiata last week, in an exclusive interview with Joy Business, said it will be suicidal if treasury bills is included in the debt exchange program because it is currently the only source of borrowing for government. Despite his pronouncement, the sale of the short-term securities has been mixed in recent times. Well, the finance minister, as you just head there, uh, had told Joint News, says uh, George Raffi, that in fact, treasury bills is, remains the only way government uh, is uh, is financing its operations for a, a broke, uh, you know, country. So, what does this really mean now that uh, it's been undersubscribed? Well, listen to the finance minister first, and then we'll explore its implications. The treasury bills. No, treasury bills are exempted. I mean, George, we have done. And that is a, an assurance from you, Mr. Minister. Completely. You know, treasury bills will not be touched going forward. No, because we have um, done the, the the sustainability analysis, not including treasury bills. That really is how government funds its operations. That really is how government funds its operations. I want to bring in Dean of the University of Cape Coast Business School, Professor John Gachi. Uh, Prof, thank you for your time here on Newsnight. Thank you. Considering that, as the finance minister says, treasury bills is the, currently the only means through which government funds its operations. When we have a 20% under subscription, how bad can it get or can it be for this economy? Well, I think it's just a reflection of the uncertainty in the, in the market. Uh, that is reflected in people not asking the banks to roll over the maturing treaty bills. Uh, the banks themselves are not committing so much money into the treaty bill. Uh, so that is what is going on until uh, we find some certainty in the market. Then perhaps people will have comfort and begin to uh, buy the treaty bill. So that is what is going on. Again, uh, in terms of uh, the return, the return is real, uh, something that people will, will, will think about because uh, we talk about inflation rates over around 54%, and most treasury bills uh, is also below that. Uh, so that is a concern. So until the market uh, is put together, confidence is still. Uh, that reaction will be seen uh, maybe in the next uh, round of auction. But if this is how we are funding our operations currently as a government, what does this mean for government operations then, if people refuse to subscribe to it? I'm not sure that is the only way by which we are funding government operations. We are collecting taxes on daily basis. That is also part of the way we are funding uh, the finances of the country. I mean, Prof, I mean, but let's, the finance minister was categorical. It's the only way currently we borrow to finance our operations. Those are his words. Yeah, that is true. But when you talk about overall financing of the, of the government operation, it's not only from this treasury bill. Uh, it's also from the taxes that we collect on daily basis. So that cannot be the absolute truth. But do you anticipate that critical areas of, you know, government activity may suffer? 
Well, uh, it depends on the expectation of uh, how much government expects from um, the Treasury bill. Uh, of course, uh, we have seen uh, 20% uh, down the, uh, the target, and that means that government uh, operations will suffer somehow. Uh, Prof, thank you very much for the time here on News Night. Still ahead, we are suffering. Words of the president of the Conference of Heads of Assisted Secondary Schools to describe the food shortage crisis at the senior high schools. It meant that they will eat cocoa in the morning, cocoa in the afternoon, cocoa in the day without sugar and bread. And the quantity, gas, it's not the best. Georgia face here with business. Hello, John. Hi, Evans. And uh, coming up, uh, commercial banks uh, make their significant progress towards signing the domestic debt exchange program and bank of ghana institutes uh, measures to prevent investment instrument purposely designed for institutional firms to be sold to retail investors the business news on news nights is brought to you by mtn business welcome to the new world of business alliance life and ghana pay Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 40 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Community 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase K and USD campus. You see Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall Airport City or call us 0302 764101 764209 or 762792. Visit our website www.kingdomgh.com. The other day, I visited Kweku at his spanky new office to congratulate him on opening his business. And man, was I impressed! The business is just moving quick. The sales, customers, everything is just working seamlessly. The secret, mm, he said, it's MTN Business Broadband. In this fast-paced environment, we need fast and reliable internet to support all business types. No laggy online meetings, great download and upload speeds, impeccable business management systems, all-inclusive. I mean, you can have it all. I signed on immediately. <laughs> to enable your business stay ahead and stay connected, make sure you're signed on to the best internet made just for businesses. MTN Business Broadband. Sign up today on broadband.mtn.com.gh and manage your account on my MTN app. Call 0244-308-111 for more information. MTN. Luxurious affordable living is your right and no one understands it better than BOT Properties. BOT Properties specializes in modern residential buildings and commercial office spaces. Our properties include the Equator, a 12-story made up of over 100 apartments near Accra Mall. At the Equator Courts, we offer you the deluxe living experience with our top-of-the-range homes, high-quality homes built with style and precision to suit your lifestyle. The Equator Courts is a gated community with two 
two-story, four-bedroom detached houses at Ogbojo East Legon near American House. Our office complexes include Zion House, Shiashi East Legon, Zion House, Sofaline Interchange, Kumase. Our offices and apartments are for both rental and outright purchases at affordable prices and with flexible payment terms. Kindly contact us on 0257-960-919 or visit botproperties.com. BOT Properties, the new meaning of affordable luxury. Fly Qatar Airways, the world's best airline, and fuel your calendar with incredible adventures in inspiring destinations. With our offer of up to 25% of all-inclusive business and economy class, marvel at nature, hike across stunning terrain, swim in turquoise waters, or explore cultured cities. Book today at www.qatarairways.com. Qatar Airways, going places together. You welcome back to Business on Newsnight. Now, the Bank of Ghana says it has instituted measures to prevent investment instruments purposely meant for institutional firms and commercial banks being sold out to retail investors. It's coming after the Bank of Ghana announced that commercial banks that bought the cocoa bills breached the agreement under the deal by reselling the products to retail investors. Let's hear from Stephen Opata, his head of financial markets at the Bank of Ghana. So it's clear that uh, banks are eligible to participate. Uh, it did not say that individuals are but uh, we've seen with this one and uh, and individuals were affected and uh, that's quite unfortunate that happened and as i've assured you uh we will uh, do all in our powers working with coco board to make sure that they are settled hopefully this week and and clarify the narrative so that in subsequent uh, issuances uh, individuals uh, do not uh, participate and Stephen Opata is head of financial markets at the Bank of Ghana. And government has made some significant progress towards uh, commercial banks signing up to the domestic debt exchange program. Now, Joy Business understands that the banks may be agreeing to a 5% coupon payment for this year. The bank's decision to also sign this deal has been influenced by the fact that they are comfortable with the operational framework and terms for them to access the government. Ghana Financial Stability Fund. They are also comfortable by the fact that there's been some amendments made to clauses in the domestic debt exchange program with respect to agreements reached today will be binding forever. Now, we also understand that these commercial banks, even though they have agreed in principle to what government has proposed, their individual banks reserve the right to take this deal to their individual banks for their shareholders and board of directors to approve the deal before they fully come on board to sign up to the domestic debt exchange program. Now, economist Dr. Patrick Sumi is worried that the government's quest to quickly secure a deal with individual bondholders could suffer some setbacks. Now, this was after the latest Auditor General's report actually identified serious infractions on how these donor funds were used. Dr. Simin fears that the report could further strengthen the case of these individual bondholders to completely reject the domestic debt exchange program. The government has been trying to have conversations with individual bondholders and other bondholders really to convince them that we are sharing burden and therefore they should contribute their quota to help 
fix the current difficulties we have. I think this makes the government case more difficult to make because, you know, people are going to say, well, we were here when you have mismanaged public funds. Why should I sacrifice my hard earned saving just to help fix the situation? So I think government faces a more difficult task convincing, uh, especially the domestic uh, bondholders, that they should be making more sacrifices. So in, sense, in a sense, this could actually delay the process because, you know, whatever discussions that people were having with the government, you know, people will see this report and say, well, some people might demand that if we are going to take make any sacrifices, the government should show us more commitment in terms of how uh, it's going to manage its finances going forward. Dr. Patrick Kestamin is an economist. The government has defaulted on its fares interest payment for this year to holders of its euro bond that will mature on 2026. Now, this was after it failed to pay $41 million to bondholders on January 18, 2023. There is more in this report. For some market analysts, it was expected, especially after government announced in December 2022 about freezing interest payments. This was due to the current challenges facing the economy and the moves to manage the pressures on the country's international reserves. The development has resulted in standard and poor downgrade. The ratings assigned to Ghana's ability to pay holders of the 2026 euro bond to D, that is default or what some might call further junk status. Government has indicated that the debt freeze will offer it an opportunity to come back with a better deal in terms of how these debts can be settled going forward. But for some, the concern might be what will be the impact of these actions on private firms operating in the country and the larger economy going forward. Well, that is a business tax report. Now, let's talk about the currency because the Ghana city continues to stabilize firmly against the dollar. Now, checks on the interbank market show the local currency has been trading around uh, 13 Ghana cities for the past 10 working days. You will need 13 Ghana cities to get a dollar from these commercial banks. Now, this is based on the average quotes that some of these commercial banks are offering to their clients. Have when you to the Forex Bureau, about 13 Ghana cities, 20 pesos should get you a dollar. Now, some of the bank treasurers have attributed the fair stability to in pickup in dollar support that is coming from the Bank of Ghana to the commercial banks. And that's all for business on Newsnight. Uh, George, thank you very much. Well, today we've been hearing from uh, many parents who have children in the senior high schools across the country. They've been complaining about food shortage and the poor quality uh, that their children have been uh, receiving uh, in these schools. Some of them spoke on the Super Morning Show. The schools have received flour without margarine or butter. How do they bake? They have uh, rice without and rice and beans without oil, without gari. What are they going to eat? Please, let's humble ourselves and all have a reflective and somewhat reflective to it. At least understand the situation and allow parents to help. PTAs are not even allowed to contribute. If I want to speak now uh, to uh, Charles, that's a conference of heads of assisted uh, secondary schools. Uh, uh, president of the conference is uh, Reverend Father Stephen Owusu Setra, joins us on the telephone line right now. Reverend, thanks for your time here on this night. Thank you very much and good evening to everybody. You just had a parent there complaining. Um, what's the situation? Yeah, thank you very much um, for this opportunity. Uh, the situation I cannot say is totally good. Um, 
some schools have received some food items, but the problem is that the food items that they have received, if you put them together, cannot really feed the students. For example, if you have a, a school that has maybe maize, gari, rice, um, sugar without oil, cooking oil, it will be very difficult for you to cook for the students. In fact, in, in some schools, they have received some items, but others have not been received. We are talking about uh, 18 food items here. In some regions in the, uh, in, the, in the country, the situation is not that good. I can say it's fair. Uh, we go to Upper West region, uh, some of the items are in zero supply. For example, if we talk of uh, soya bean, uh, Tom Brown, maize. About nine schools have not uh, received maize in the Upper West region. If you come go to um, palm oil, 15 schools in the Upper West region have not received um, um, palm oil. And then uh, beans, the highest received in bags in the region is only six bags. So um, this is the report receiving currently from the regional tax chairman as I am speaking with you. If you come to the region, some of the food items that is zero supply, for example, soya bean, margarine. Uh, we have flour, but uh, we don't have margarine. And if you want to uh, bake bread for the students, you need the margarine, but you have not received the margarine yet. If you talk about peanut, vegetable cooking oil and palm oil, some schools have received them, but others have not. Um, if you talk of Gary May and the like, um, about 5% of the schools in Ashanti region have not received. So it's like you have one food item and you don't have the rest. Uh, if you go to the central region, some food items have not been received at all. But you go talk about studying, uh, about, I think only one school in the central region has received you has received studying. And the um, food item like soya bean, um, margarine, margarine about only one school has received margarine in the central region. So it is it is like that. But um, I'm told that um, in a half another region, they get delivery of some food items at some zonal centers. If you have some zonal centers where they will come and dump the food items there, and then they will now cut the food items to the schools. So we are entreating the, 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 the suppliers to pick the food items and send them to the schools. So that is the situation as I speak to you. Some food items are received, others have not received. And the, the difficulty here is that some schools have received items when you put together, you find it difficult to feed the students. So if you don't have um, sugar, if you don't have item like oil, you find it difficult to cook the rice, the beans, the gari for the students. So the situation is not um, really uh, good on the ground. So we are entreating the authority to ensure that we will receive, we receive the full complement of the food items in the school so that we will be at peace to feed the students. That's the situation. So, so, no. so when the parents say that their children are having to, they are being f compelled to eat cocoa without sugar, 
um, the beans it's in itself in, in not not in good shape as as you've just that is the reality because you don't have the full complement of what you need to give them proper meals. Yes, so that that one could be true because not not every school, but they cannot say that every school has all received sugar. Uh, as I said, in some regions the sugar is in shortage. In other regions, they have sugar. But some of these items are not in larger quantities. But some of them have sugar, but in smaller quantities. If a school is giving maybe a bag of sugar, you, you can imagine what the school can, can So are, 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 schools, are schools being compelled to ration what you have? Say that again, please. Are, are schools being compelled to ration what you have? We as headmasters and headmistresses, there's nothing you can do than to use and manage what we have in our, at our stores or in our stores to feed the students. So um, you just look at what you have and feed the students with, it, with them. Thank you. And, and based on what you have, how long will that last you? One week, two weeks, a couple of, uh, three weeks, a month? That, that one depends on the quantity supplied to the schools and the quantity sent to the region. For example, if you come to my school, maybe I can, I can feed for the next two uh, weeks. Uh, depending on the items, some of the items could could be used to feed the soil for maybe three days. Items could go, others could go for maybe a month. Others could go for a week. So we are waiting for the rest, as I've uh, been promised, to be delivered to us. I mean, you, you so that's make, the situation now. You make an interesting point. So in your school, what you have will last a week, uh, two weeks. Okay, some items could last for three days. Some could last for two weeks. Others could last, last for maybe three weeks. That's all, right, how far I can go with some of the items. If, if by the end of, say, the third week, you don't get, uh, you know, a new if I don't If I don't receive them, then it means I'm going to run into trouble. But we have been promised that the, the will supply in bulk um, the rest of the items that were delivered in smaller quantities. And the same applies to other schools. Other schools have not received some items at all, as I've told you already. The items you see, if you combine, could not even feed the student because, um, for example, if you want your student to eat bread and you don't have much bread, you cannot bake bread for them. I mean, so you mean there are schools that have nothing at all? Um, for now, in fact, last week some schools had nothing. But for now, some, every school has something. But some have something, but what they have put together, they find it difficult to feed the students. As I said, if you, if you have gari and beans, and then you have rice, and you don't have uh, cooking oil, it will be difficult to feed the students. So when you hear the education ministry spokesperson say that some of the claims are not true, are not a true reflection of the situation on the ground, what do you say to that? Um, I don't, I wouldn't be able to speak to that because I don't know what, what he meant by some of the claims. So which claims was he talking about? I mean, when a, with many parents called in um, and saying that, as I explained, their kids have been forced to eat uh, cocoa without sugar, some without bread, the, the beans is, is terrible because some of the ingredients are not in it. Uh, just a whole host of complaints from parents. He says the, some of those claims uh, may be an exaggeration, not a true reflection. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that they are not true because if you do that, you will be doing what's called argumentum ad ignorantium. That is, you are arguing out of ignorance because you don't know it's not true. So you should go and check first before you say it's not true because um, it could be real and uh, it's true because it is happening.
And finally, have you had parents come to you to say they want to feed their own children? And, and what do you say when they come uh, with that uh, request? Um, like, I cannot really tell to the parents to come and feed their own students in the schools because that is not the, the policy now. For, for us, heads, what we do is just implement what has been given to us to implement by our directors. So uh, if you're a parent and you come, and then, for example, parents come together and then they say, oh, we want to donate this to the school. I'll, I'll receive them and feed the students with them. But I, I will not say that parents will come and pay fees for me to feed the students anyway. But if parents are ready, because we, are, we have been told that uh, parents could meet uh, on their own, and then, and then they will think about what the school needs. If they come and ask me and I need them and they bring them, I receive them and use them for the students. Why not? Uh, but uh, it is not like you could call parents in to come and pay fees. That one is not part of the, of the policy. Thank you very much, Reverend. And that's uh, the president of the Conference of Heads of Assisted uh, Secondary Schools, Reverend Father Stephen Owusu Setra. Let's do sports now. Let me pause here with details. Yes, even so, what we understand is that Everton have sacked manager Frank Lampard after less than a year in charge at Goodison Park. Uh, the defeat at fellow stragglers West Ham United on Saturday was Everton's ninth loss in 12 Premier League games. They're second from bottom of the table with 15 points from 20 matches. About Southampton on goal difference. Former England midfielder Lampard uh, replaced Benitez in January 2022 with the team 16th in the table and helped Everton avoid relegation. At the moment, Everton will be looking for their permanent manager in five years. And just interestingly, uh, it was Arsenal who beat Manchester United on Sunday, but in Uganda, at least eight Arsenal fans have been arrested in the Ugandan city of Jinja after celebrating the club's win against Manchester United in the English Premier League. According to the authorities, they were celebrating without permit and for which reason they're currently behind bars and uh, this has sparked some controversy in Uganda there. They were, they were arrested where? Jinja? In Jinja? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was Jinja <laughs> <laughs> for the celebration. Thank you, Ms. Bao. Now, 40 years has passed since uh, Ghana suffered severe hunger and farming. This period of hardship was quite different from any experience in the history of the nation. My colleague Jacqueline Asumayeboa, uh, in following report, recounts uh, this face through lenses of those who experienced it up close. Ghana experienced its worst and most severe drought 40 years ago. This devastating famine began in 1981 and peaked in 1983. Crop yield began to dwindle. Drought and bushfires destroyed many farms. Kwame Moses, a driver, was 14 years at the time and recalls his family lost all their food crops to bushfire. People were really suffering. It was even difficult to get food to eat, and this was due to the bushfires. There was no rain, and the sun was really bright and hot. There could be bushfires anytime. Some traders jacked up their prices in order to profit from the circumstance. This compelled the government to enact price control measures. I sold plantain during those times. The soldiers will come and sell your food stuff at control prices. They put you on a table and lash you. 
Michael's grace, I have never been lashed. I've been selling in Malamata even before 1983. But if your full stuff are expensive, the soldiers will sell it at control prices and beat you. In 1983, when Ghana was in dire straits, Nigerian President Shehu Shagari took advantage of the situation to exact revenge by expelling two million illegal immigrants from West Africa, of which more than half were Ghanaians. If they don't leave, they should be arrested and tried and sent back to their homes. With more than two million illegal immigrants ordered to get out of Nigeria, the resulting chaos is staggering. Hundreds of thousands have now massed at Nigeria's frontier with the tiny West African state of Benin. This was in response to Ghana's alien compliance order of 1969, where many illegal foreign nationals were expelled from Ghana. At that time, Ghana was unable to cater for the influx of its own people from Nigeria. Asari, not his real name, who was 33 years in 1983 and also a deportee, had quite an experience to share with me. I was here for one year when then the escrit order also came. And when the escrit order came, we were coming. Our experience on the journey wasn't anything to write about. For details of that and more on our many social media platforms, also on my join on Facebook.
Kinadenta. Mr. Steven Agla. Nyame and Yunyam. Tintin Misa. Girl. Girl. My daughter has about 13 names, so I just call her Girl. Girl. Birthday to you, Ohineyere Giftianti. Institutionalized birthday. Very soon it will be declared a national holiday. Happy birthday to you. George IEC. Happy 